0: Thank you Julia. So it's so good to be back studying the book of James. Some of you might remember a few months back when Guy Pritchard from Farnham Vineyard kicked off this series and he asked the question, why did James write this book? A of peeling a banana differently. You see James wanted to help his readers to do things differently James wanted to tell them that true faith works. A lot of the New Testament is about salvation by faith alone, which is fantastic. We're brought into a right relationship with God because of what Jesus did on the cross, rather than because of our good works. We don't earn God's favour. We can't earn God's love by what we do. We can't earn our way into heaven by being good people. It's God's grace, his immense love for us even when we don't deserve it, demonstrated by Jesus' death on the cross that makes it possible. And all we need to do is to receive him. And James doesn't disagree with this, but he is pointing out that when we have a true faith in Jesus, it will affect our actions. It will impact our behaviour. And so James is a very practical letter. It's very active. It's about developing into Christian maturity. It's about authenticity. It's about doing as well as just believing. And that's why the title this morning is Living Out Wisdom. Because it's a practical conversation, not just a theoretical one. James wants us to put this into practice. And uh, last week, Tara Condon and Pete Gilbert spoke about the power of words. James was being his usual practical self and helping us understand the impact our words have and the importance of keeping our words positive. And this week, James turns his attention to the topic of wisdom. I'm going to read our passage from the Passion Translation this morning, which is a bit more of a paraphrase than a translation, but it puts it in a way that I find very helpful. So this is from James chapter three, verses 13 to 18. If you consider yourself to be wise and one who understands the ways of God, advertise it with a beautiful, fruitful life guided by wisdom's gentleness. Never brag or boast about what you've done and you'll prove that you are truly wise. But if there's bitter jealousy or competition hiding in your heart, then don't deny it and try to compensate it, compensate for it by boasting and being phony. For that has nothing to do with God's heavenly wisdom, but can be best be described as the wisdom of this world, both selfish and devilish. So whenever jealousy and selfishness are uncovered, you will also find many troubles and every kind of meanness. But the wisdom from above is always pure, filled with peace, considerate and teachable. It is filled with love and never displays prejudice or hypocrisy in any form. And it always bears the plentiful harvest of righteousness. Good seeds of wisdom's fruit will be planted with peaceful acts by those who cherish making peace. And this isn't the first time James in his letter has mentioned wisdom. Uh, chapter one, verse five, James says, if any of you any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. Tara um, sort of highlighted and focused on that verse a bit. And isn't that a beautiful promise? And it really highlights the character of God, generous without finding fault. And actually, in James chapter one, he's been talking about dealing with trials, um, which if you're around a couple of months ago, you might remember he just assumes will come. He's talking about character development and maturity. um, and, And actually, he makes an assumption. He makes that assumption that trials will just come. He doesn't say if trials come or they might come, he just assumes they will. And he also makes an assumption about wisdom in this verse. I wonder if you spotted it. He assumes you want wisdom. He doesn't make a case for why you should want wisdom. He just assumes that and he goes straight into talking about uh, what, you know, how to get more of it if you need it. Because you see, James's original audience uh, was Jewish. He wrote to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. So this statement about wisdom is set in the context of all the wisdom literature in the Jewish scriptures, which we call the Old Testament. And perhaps the most famous of this wisdom le- literature is the book of Proverbs. And I don't have time really to to go through the book of Proverbs in detail. If you're interested in finding out more, why don't you check out Joe Hemming's talk uh, on wisdom um, from she's from Winchester Vineyard. So you can go to Winchester Vineyard. I think it's org UK and um Scroll down into all the previous talks and you'll find it way down in the list there. I I listened to it as part of my preparation for this morning and it was absolutely fantastic. But I just want to make three comments. Um, First, what is wisdom? Well, as Tara pointed out, it's not just information. It's not just knowledge, Googling something. It's not even just understanding, though that's part of it. It's tied in with doing what is right and fair. I love the introduction to the book of Proverbs as paraphrased by the message translation of the Bible. Let me read it from verses one to six of chapter one. These are the sayings of Solomon, David's son, Israel's king. Written down so that we'll know how to live well and right. To understand what life means and where it's going. A manual for living, for learning what is right and just and fair. To teach the inexperienced the ropes and give our young people a grasp on reality. There's something here also for seasoned men and women. Still a thing or two for the experienced to learn fresh wisdom To probe and penetrate the rhymes and reasons of wise men and women. Wisdom, according to this uh, Jewish wisdom literature, is about living well and living right. And actually the next verse, verse seven, says the first step in wisdom is bowing down to God. Wisdom starts with God, acknowledging him and submitting to him. So that's a little bit of what wisdom is. Why get wisdom then? Well, actually, Proverbs chapters one through four cover the many benefits of wisdom. And we have wisdom personified and portrayed as a woman. Roe tells me there's a reason for that. I haven't quite figured it out yet. And in in, in Proverbs 1 verse 20, wisdom is raising her voice in the public square. She's making her speech. She's she's telling people what she's all about. And Proverbs says wisdom leads to victory, a good life, favour, a good name, health, prosperity, long life. Listen to Proverbs chapter three, verses 13 to 18. Blessed are those who find wisdom those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better return than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honour. Her ways are pleasant ways. And all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast are blessed. So there's lots of reasons to get wisdom. The third thing I want to mention is the book of Proverbs distinguishes between three different types of people. First, the simple Those are are people who don't have understanding. It might be because they're young and inexperienced and haven't got it yet. They maybe haven't learned things. They're the, the simple. And then the wise, those who follow the way of wisdom and actively live it out. And the third type is the fool, the foolish. The person who knows the way of wisdom, but either actively chooses a different path or just lacks the discipline, the self-control to stay on the path of wisdom. So James's audience would have come with this narrative about wisdom on their, in their minds. And James is very aware, actually, that in his culture, when it comes to wisdom, there's a battle for the dictionary. There's the wisdom that's talked about in Proverbs, heavenly wisdom, wisdom from God. And then there's another definition of wisdom that was prevalent in his culture, and he refers to it as the wisdom of this world, both selfish and devilish. It's it's got a completely different origin. Heavenly wisdom on one hand and the wisdom of this world. So there's differences in origin. There's also differences in operation. The two different kinds of wisdom operate differently. Both can be seen in a person's life. How does a heavenly wisdom operate? Well, verse 13 says uh, in the NIV translation, who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. Verse 17 says the wisdom from above is always pure. It's filled with peace. It's considerate and teachable. It's filled with love. Maybe let's just pause for a second and let those characteristics of wisdom sink in. They're so precious, so beautiful. The wisdom of this world is also visible in people's lives. It's seen in bragging and boasting. And sadly, in some corners of our culture, that is seen as positive. It's seen in bitter jealousy and competition And I don't think this is talking about healthy competition, which is generally good, but the kind of unhealthy competition that maybe sometimes comes into to politicians when they're running for a race and gets negative and bitter and and hurtful. It's seen in jealousy and selfishness. It's seen in prejudice and hypocrisy. It's not a pretty sight. So the two types of wisdom operate very differently. And finally, they have different outcomes. These two different kinds of wisdom lead to different places. The wisdom of this world leads to phoniness, to disorder, to evil practices. Verse 16 says it leads to many troubles and every kind of meanness. It's not great, is it? Heavenly wisdom, on the other hand, leads to peace and a harvest of righteousness. Verse 13 also talks about a beautiful, fruitful life. What a contrast. And James, of course, encourages us to use the heavenly dictionary and pursue heavenly wisdom. So how do we do this? I have four suggestions for you this morning. The first is this. Start where you are. Be honest. Verse 14 says, if there's bitter jealousy or competition hiding in your heart, then don't deny it. Or compensate for it by boasting and being phony. Come as you are. Um, As I said last week, Kurt, Kurt, Kurt Cobain wasn't the first person to pen these words. Jesus invites us to come to me. All you who are weary and heavy laden. And I will give you rest. If we're burdened by some of the negative elements James identifies... Then we need to openly acknowledge this before God. He's omniscient. He's, he knows it anyway. And he loves you as you are. But he also loves you too much to let you stay the way you are. He wants to lead you away from weariness, lead you away from burdens, from, from heavy, heavy loads and into rest. He wants to lead you away from death and into life. So start where you are. Be honest to yourself and be open before God and tell him where you're at. Second thing is this, get wisdom. Proverbs 4 verse 7 says, wisdom is supreme. Get wisdom. Though it cost you all you have, get understanding. So how do you get wisdom? Well, um, here are three quotes, one from James himself, one from Jesus and one from Einstein. So one verse, James chapter one, verse five, as I read before, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. So if you don't have wisdom, then ask God, pray about it. Next up, Jesus in Matthew seven, verses seven to eight. And Tara hinted at this too. Jesus says, ask and it will be given you seek and you will find knock and the door will be opened to you for everyone who asks receives the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. And this for me just sheds a little bit more light on how to ask because it's not just verbal. It's not just a one off thing. You know, I've asked for wisdom. That's it done. Don't have to do anything else. It's a bit more active. It's seeking. It's knocking. And it's also persistent. It's not just a once in time thing. It, it's continuous. And finally, Mr. Einstein, he said this. Wisdom is not a product of schooling, but of the lifelong attempt to acquire it. So Einstein knew this as well. Wisdom isn't just a, a once in time thing. It's not a binary thing. It's a journey. Every day in each new situation, asking God for wisdom and putting it into practice with discipline, enjoying the fruit and growing into wisdom. So that's the second thing. Get wisdom. Ask God for wisdom. Seek it. um, Search for it. Third thing is this. Submit to God. Jack will cover this next week, so I'm not going to steal his thunder, but Why don't you have a sneaky read of chapter four of James and verse seven says, submit yourself then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. And that's a great start in the way of wisdom. So third thing, submit to God. Finally, fourth thing, a practical comment. Seek wise input. The book of Proverbs was written from the older to the younger. Verse 8 of chapter 1 says, Listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. At Three Counties Church, we're blessed to have a good number of people who have, how should I say it, lots of life experience and even better, lots of wisdom And uh, many of these people have been through trying times and they've experienced God's faithfulness and provision. They've had successes and failures and they've learned what wisdom looks like in different contexts. So talk to them, pick up the phone, give them a call, ask questions, pick their brains, learn from their successes and their mistakes. So um, apologies to our older folks if you get inundated with calls this week. But I'm sure uh, they would find that a blessing. And you and, and me will grow in our wisdom and understanding. So let's pray. Father God, thank you that you are the source of wisdom. And so we come to you to ask for wisdom this morning, wisdom for today, wisdom for this situation we're in, wisdom through the rest of our lives. And we want to choose to follow the path of wisdom. Help us, we pray. Help us to get understanding and not be just like the simple, and help us to put it into practice and not be like the fool. In Jesus' name. Amen.